T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. One o'clock hour on a busy day in Kansas City. It's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon with you. Thanks again to Jonathan Katz of Fox 4 giving us a little bit of insight and what he's been hearing around the stadium vote and the stadium renovations. We'll get back to that at 1.30 today. You'll hear from Mark Donovan and some of the comments from Clark Hunt as well. Why are they renovating versus the new stadium? It's something everybody's always asked. You'll hear from them. Also more on the cost of of the stadium renovation project. So we'll get back to that momentarily. Uh, But the other news that isn't shocking, but it's just the next step of what the offseason could look like was Jeremy Fowler's report earlier this morning which is that the Chiefs are going to release Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It'll save the club $12 million. There'll still be $2 million in dead cap. And this was the expectation. It's the right decision. But fortunately for Marquez, I would say his legacy, really, in Kansas City. It's a good one now. um, Based off of what he's done in the postseason, people view him way differently. You know, the, the, the signing based off of regular season success was disappointing. And certainly this year was a very frustrating season for him. But when you look at what he did in the AFC title game a year ago, you look at what he did in this postseason, had a catch in the a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's what he should also be remembered for. And I think it changes how, you know, 15, 20 years from now, when I bring up the name Marquez Valdez-Scantling, instead of it being like a joke and something people laugh at, now it's, oh, he got a, his last moment in a Chiefs uniform was planting that flag at midfield at the Raiders stadium. That big wave yeah. and just that was icing awesome. it so in the center. Good for him that he had that moment. Um, but this is the right decision. I mean, you you have to move on. You don't you can't be paying them fourteen or fifteen million dollars next year, whatever had, it would have been. Had I told you for the three year thirty three million dollar deal, what you got was two years, and he only managed one thousand and two yards combined for the two seasons. Gold going into that, you'd have been like, woof. Well, that's not exactly what you want. I'm not here to pretend like Marquez Valdez Cantling showed up in every single postseason game he ever played. He had eight or less yards in three of the seven postseason games in which he played for the Chiefs. But the couple of times they really needed MVS, that man showed up. I mean, just straight up, he showed up. Six catches, 116 yards in an AFC title game in which we joke about how bad the wide receivers are now. Just as a quick reminder of what happened because of injury against Cincinnati with Patrick Mahomes on a single ankle in the AFC title game, he was throwing to Marcus Kemp. As one of the receivers, you probably thought Marcus Kippen has been on this roster in five years. So MVS showed up then. He had a nice, he had a he had a big touchdown catch against Baltimore, one that they desperate, or sorry, a big catch against Baltimore, one in which they desperately needed, and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He did enough for me to just be like, glad you were a part of it, MVS. 
I'm not going to try to pretend here he's just some like Chiefs hero of old when we go back and reminisce no. about this dynasty. He'll be like player 15, I probably mentioned. But I'm not going to. Had they lost this year, I think you go on NBA you're like, that's stupid deal, and this never worked, and I'm annoyed. But because he's swinging a flag and hanging it out, one, two titles, we're good. We're playoffs, good. The playoffs can we're cure good. a lot of things. Winning in the playoffs and being a part of it can cure a lot of things. I mean, I think he is someone in the group of Damian Williams, postseason success, uh, and Sammy Watkins. Maybe not to the full extent of Damian Williams, who was incredible in the, the Super Bowl and could have been the MVP of the Super Bowl back in, in 2020, 2019, uh, in the first time against the 49ers. Um, but yeah, the, the, the lasting image of MVS, fortunately for him, uh, is way different than where it was trending after the Eagles game, where he had the massive drop and everybody was, you know, wanting him to be cut, or not everybody, but a lot of people are wanting him to be cut immediately. Sure. Um, but this is the right decision financially for the Chiefs. He'll end up somewhere else next year, and the, the Chiefs needed to move on, and you can hopefully utilize that dollar amount that he was on the books for next year in a much better way, whether it's directly for a different receiver or it helps you get a deal done with Chris Jones or it helps you – Keep Nick Bolton. Find you know, a new whatever, corner if you got a trade yeah, need. Yeah. Whatever it may be, this was the right decision. Should not surprise anybody. But again, Jeremy Fowler um, reporting that that's what the Chiefs will do because of the way the league year yet. The Chiefs haven't officially announced the move, but Jeremy Fowler is pretty damn good at what he does. That's happening, uh, and it should. Ian Rapport said the same thing. It's like we haven't tagged you yet, but we're gonna doing this allows him the opportunity to flirt with other teams, which. I mean, again, it's about Sneed. Now. Sneed. Yeah. Yeah. On the other end, which makes sense, at least on that end, what you're talking about with him. Yes. It's like, eh, you know, why wouldn't you just think of the positive? Look, I, I don't think Tony can save. Like if he they gets should, cut, they should cut him too. two point. Yeah. I think it's two point something guaranteed. They should cut him yeah, too. Of course they should. Um, but I don't think we'll regale him the way MVS like MVS was who he was a majority of his career. I swear to God, every other year of his career, just look at it. He's a 400-yard receiver one year. He's a 650-yard receiver the next. That's his entire career. He was that for two years in Kansas City, except for he showed up in a couple of big playoff games in which you won back-to-back Super Bowls. It's going to be hard for me, for anybody who was here for both years, for me to completely bury them. I won't even completely bury Tony at this point. Can I? I mean, he had one big punt return. Cool. Yeah, he said some stuff there. His problem is that he said some negative stuff at the end. end. Yeah, the only thing that could get MVS at this point is if he did what Tyree killed it, which is he's heard his like rep in the city too, where you get out of town and you start saying crazy things like, "I don't know, man, playing with this Kenny Pickett guy, never seen a quarterback sling it like that." And I just don't think MVS is going to do yeah, it so, that way. Someone says you save nothing cutting Tony. Yeah, it's not about saving money with Tony. It's just that I don't need him on the roster. That's the, MVS. You're it's saving just, it money. It doesn't cost me anything to cut yeah. Tony. Is the point? Yeah, the MVS they're saving like twelve million dollars. But yes, yeah. Kadarius Tony. There's not the cap relief. It's just, do you want that individual around? <laughs> do you want that? I'll call him a headache because of how it ended at the end. It wasn't a headache for before. Both teams now. He's back uh, to he's I, two for I, two. I still think the trade worked, though, to a certain extent because of how we view it. I mean, they they I wish gave up, given a blast. They, but yeah, he helped them win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's where we're at in this window of dynasty. A lot of it's not they gave they didn't give up a first round pick for him. You know, they, they 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 he was on a rookie deal and they gave up a third round pick and he came up with a massive punt return and also had a touchdown the Super Bowl. The issue I had with him during the season was they were trying to still prove that they had won the trade when they didn't need to. That was like, and then eventually they realized, all right, we don't need to play him. He's a 
healthy scratch or he's got a hip injury and that's what prompted the whole Instagram live and then Tony claimed that it was AI generated which I'll still remind you I don't know anybody that's wasting their time on AI to, to make Kadarius Tony look <laughs> bad generated. seems like a giant waste of time That'd be like if I said something on the air I shouldn't like when you yesterday were talking about the baseball players and you said like uh oh you said bat and balls mostly balls oh I right? said yeah balls but not a lot of strikes yeah, yeah. so fine in right? the photo if uh yeah. if you're mentioning <laughs> that version of it um <laughs> And you're like, I didn't say that. I didn't want that out there. That was AI generated. Like, gold, no one's AI generating your voice <laughs> exactly. to say absurd things. That's right. We both know that you said it. Exactly. I don't have to go back through the number of drops of things I've said or you've said over the air, uh, over the years. Yeah, it was going out of their way to try to make up stuff on Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he's not the one. I think it's a lot easier to say the MVS signing worked, the Orlando Brand Jr. trade worked. The Tony one, I don't know if it worked as much as. If it was a it was a mistake, but you can make a couple of mistakes and it not matter when you're as good as the Chiefs are. Does that make sense? They still win. Like I wouldn't go back and be like, do they win the Super Bowl without Tony? Yeah, probably. Okay. Look, I, I got evidence on the Chiefs now. Yeah, we're good there. Yeah, but on MVS, do they still win the Super Bowl without MVS? I'm not as sure about that answer based yeah. on last year's AFC title game, based on other things that have taken place. Do they win both without him? Not sure. They might have needed the collection of those yeah. parts. Besides the on-field play in the regular season and the offside stuff, when you put out an Instagram video, even if you claim it wasn't real, but you put out an Instagram live, mm-hmm. and you're critical and you accuse the organization of lying. About your injury. You, and you weren't great? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cut you in the offseason. And so, uh, talking about Kadarius, Tony, obviously, not, not MVS. Quickly, in Tony's defense, they were lying about his injury, right? Yeah, but we all knew that was. <laughs> this happens with teams like they're cut, they definitely lying. About they're it. trying to not make you look as bad, dude. They're trying to say, yeah. oh, he's dealing with some injuries. Not that um, his play sucks. We don't trust yeah, him, and we're not making you active. They were trying to cover for him. He didn't like that, and then he, he made it way worse. That's what's funny. It's like he's not wrong that they were lying about it, but like, dude, they were doing it for you. This was to help you. Yes. Thinking of wide receivers, uh, McCall Hardman, who ended up talking about ending maybe his career as a chief. We don't know if he'll be back, but on on a hell of a way as he wore the jersey at the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, Mr. Walk-Off, the the walk-off touchdown. He was on with Ryan Clark, the Pivot podcast. Ryan Clark also about to get a new deal with ESPN. I saw that. He's verbally agreed uh, to a new deal uh, with with ESPN. But um, he was talking about... uh, Basically, a couple of things. One, what went wrong with the Jets and the Chiefs, but also I thought was interesting, uh, Travis Kelsey and basically how impactful the leadership was from Kelsey. And it sounds like uh, he appreciated it more once he went to the Jets and then came back and saw it. Well, you said the he, he had that vicious season he had, but his like when I got back, the leader he was was three, four times more powerful than it's been since I've been there off the charts, bro, like, I mean, the way he was leading, he was practicing, the way he was, his talk, but his speech before the game, bro, Saturday. What was that like? Bro, like, let's go run through a wall. Like, this is crazy. Like, (laughs) like, you you know, like, you ever hear like a Ray Lewis speech? It's like, yeah, let's go, bro. Like, yeah, let's let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, the speech he had, bro, you like, oh, this man want to win. Like, Okay, you and I, t- I'm going to do everything we, I got to make sure we get this win for you. Like, not even for the team, for you, because the way you just, like, man in tears, bro, he yelling, like, you like, damn, this man really into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, his his leadership and his, 
his word of wanting to win was just off the charts. And then you get to the Super Bowl and he he get in the locker room. Like even when the people underestimate the, the interaction him and Coach Reed have, it wasn't no whatever. He like, man, call some fing plays. Let us go work. Like we ain't we ain't calling the plays we should be calling. Then we get to the locker room, he flipped the table, the, the training bike over, like, this is this is what y'all wanna leave out here? Like, you know, like like this, like, yeah, like, nah, let's go get this. Like, his leadership was uh, was top notch. Like it, the way he led, like it was it was off the charts. And you could see the difference in even in the second half, like the catches he making and how he getting open, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like that you could you could feel that energy and that energy is contagious and he got the, the energy he has is contagious, bro. Like it goes from the head coach all the way down to the people that ain't even playing. It's like Everybody up there, we good. Like just him alone, bro. Like is, is he the spark? Like he's that he's that glue that 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 held everybody together. So that was McCall Hardman. Damn, he's got nothing but great thing to say yeah. about Travis. And I, he was on the Jets, and we'll play a cut from him talking about the Jets in a second. But you go over the Jets, and then you go back to think that he noticed Travis Kelsey even more in the leadership aspect because you know it's one of those like you don't you don't know what you had until you left kind of thing. Yeah, and what you lost. And he's uh, he, he certainly spoke very highly on Travis Kelsey, both from when he came back midseason, but also we heard a lot about that Saturday night speech that he gave to the team before, and that was McColl explaining it again. And then I guess we didn't know that what Travis Kelsey flipped the the trainer bike in the locker room at the Super Bowl. Is that that's how I heard it? Is that what yeah, you heard? That's exactly what um, I heard. And got people fired up in that way. Here's what I love about this story: one, it does speak to the competitiveness of Travis Kelsey and how everyone is willing to line up behind the man. But it also is just why I'm just going to tell you now. Uh, this is the end of the earliest ever, <laughs> February 28th. Oh boy, I don't care about the Jets; they don't matter. They're they're a joke of a franchise because McCole left for like three mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh God, I gotta get the hell out of there." Like he knew. You can tell the difference between a well-run lead, uh, you know, like a led organization that goes there. Look, when Travis Kelsey leaves. They'll have to have a different player on the offense step up in his stead that isn't Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Mahomes will still be there and they'll have all these other guys, but they need somebody else to be that fire for them. But Kelsey's great at that role, and it's only gotten better. And that wasn't the only – that interview, by the way, I highly recommend it um, because McColl says all kinds of stuff in there I thought was interesting. Part of it was like – he's like, I came back to the Chiefs, and I remembered that they have a plan for everything they do and everything is yeah, organized. There's no with standard with the Jets. He said the Jets – he said the whole plan in training camp was like, ah, no, Aaron will take care of us. Just go do your thing, and Aaron will just kind of do his thing. And you're like, of course that's how Aaron operates. So he's operated his entire career. Sometimes when you get away from it – I spent years blaming the Packers for never letting Aaron Rodgers come to the level – that he should have considering his talent level. And part of it now in retrospect, and again, separate the stuff. This has nothing to do with his like COVID beliefs or whatever. Just as a player, he was always just like freelancing and just doing what he felt in his heart. And that is not a good way to go about football. He hurt himself as much with the Packers as they hurt him, I guess is the point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think when you, um, when you're McCall Hardman and let's be honest, like the, the highlight in New York was probably when he was on the, what Adam Schefter, the podcast they had, like the the video of um, the the mentalist, the Oz guy or whatever yeah. that does the cool <laughs> things, and like McCall Hartman, they had him come up in the front of the team, and like he predicted the Super Bowl matchup. 
and it was like the 49ers and the Jets. It was obviously 49ers and Chiefs, but still, the point was uh, that might have been the most featured. McCall Harmon was in a Jet uniform. Then he came back. He got himself in a little bit of, I'll, I'll call it social media hot water with this comment on, on the podcast yesterday. I'm telling you right, I'm, I was so checked out. Like, <laughs> it's over. I already talked to Vita. Pat, like, hey, bro, come get me, bro. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are we talking about? Like, man, come get me. Bro, like, so you had some some Jets fans like, oh. That would be tampering. Oh, Jesus reaching out to McCall. Yeah, you had some Jets fans like, oh, the Chiefs should be punished for for tampering because McCall Harmon just said that Veach already reached out. McCall Harmon very quickly today put out a tweet um, this morning that said, quote, never had talks with KC before the trade. So we can, all caps, clear that up. The Jets handled my trade on their own and did the right thing by sending me back to KC. Wanted to squash that pretty quickly after in, in the, the, Smart. The, the podcast clip. It makes it seem like that, yeah, he was texting with Veach before and all this kind of stuff. Not too worried about that. But, uh, yeah, props to uh, props to uh, McCall Hardman, obviously, for how things turned out and spoke very highly on Travis Kelsey and either, you know, how the leadership was when he came back. But um, and the text line points it out, like, it's the balance. It was, did he appreciate it more or did Kelsey also just step up as a leader? I think it's a little bit of both. I think he probably appreciated Kelsey's leadership more when he didn't have maybe that in New York, and then he comes back and saw it. I think there's something. So Kelsey was kind of a hothead early in his career. I've covered postgame locker rooms, right? The ones where he said uh, guy couldn't even work at Foot Locker, take off the uniform. We all know the uh, motion he had made towards a referee at one time and all those things. So it's not that he's never played with that passion. But over the last two years, including training camp, and you and I have been around – training camp every single day over the last, what, four years really since this show's been around. Well, I guess not the one with COVID, but you get the point. Is Travis Kelsey seems incredibly hungry right now to make sure that the end of his career is nothing but winning. I do not think a single thing matters to Travis Kelsey on the football field other than W's right now. There's been plenty of times in lots of people's career where there's like a varied amount of outside forces or inside forces or these things that you care or don't care about. And that's what you go back to like week 18. That's that was the when week, he could have yeah. when he could have gone for a thousand yards. And he's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. So when he's flipping over training bikes in a Super Bowl, it is only because he cares more than most people care to make sure they get a damn Super Bowl ring again so he can stack up as many of those things as possible. And everybody isn't wired that way, and that's fine. Well, so you, know there's somebody, you know there's somebody listening right now saying, well, why does he have to flip over a bike? Why does he have to you know, maybe run into Andy Reid in order to be fired up? And that's a fair question. I don't know. Athletes' mindset is a little bit – I can't explain it. I haven't been in an NFL locker room during a game and been in that sure. mindset. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mean – you know, there, there's, there's a balance. Every, like you said, some people are different. Some people uh, lead more vocally – uh, than others, Travis Kelsey, obviously a very vocal leader. Goes no, no kidding. Uh, I think we've all saw that even from the out, seen that from the outside. Um, but thought that was interesting from McCall Arman. And then yeah, the rest of the podcast, this was kind of trash in the Jets. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> said to say, and the fact there was not much of a standard set by the the Jets organization. And that's what happens when you're part of a losing organization versus here in Kansas City. And we'll get back to the the NFLPA grades and why ultimately. They don't mean a whole lot to me. The NFLPA grades where the Chiefs graded poorly from players yet again, and Clark Hunt was an F minus. Um, because I, I think ultimately, for some of the stuff, the little details of they didn't like the chair they sat in or whatever, when you're back to back champs, I don't know if that's really preventing players from signing with you. I think it's a problem. When your team sucks, you better make sure the facility is perfect for them. I don't know if it matters as much. Um, we'll get to the NFLPA grades coming up along with the stadium renovations around 135. Uh, but again, the other news today, Chief Saholic 
pled guilty, Cody. Chief Sahag pled guilty to those charges that we've been discussing for, I don't know, what's been called, over a year now? When, when did... When did he get when arrested? When did that news break that Chief Sahalik was, turns out he was robbing banks? And Was it last March or something like that? Was March when he was on the lam? God, it's so hard to keep track of now. I feel like he's been a part of our story <laughs> well, he, for he, so long now. Xavier Babudar or whatever, he uh, Chief Sahalik, that's what he's called, Chief Sahalik. He pled guilty to charges related to 11 bank robberies in seven states, including uh, laundering proceeds through area casinos. He faces up to 50 years in prison. He also must pay $532,000 in restitution, plus forfeit an autographed painting of Patrick Mahomes. That last kicker. July last of kicker. last year is when all this stuff started to break about Chief Sahalik. Um, God, is he really going to get 50 years in jail, dude? 50 years? This is where we might need the listeners. Look, we th- this show would like a jailhouse interview with Chief Sahalik. And which he's allowed, certainly after he pleads guilty, to explain his story and how he got caught up in this life of crime. So, look, other people are going to be trying to get at this, man. But I think at some point, maybe a letter writing campaign. What do you think we're going to need to do to make sure that we can be a part a of A letter interview? writing campaign? We need people to write him. Tell him that the only people you want to talk to in this city in regards to this action is Cody and Gold. We can't. He's not going to just trust us in our word unless he happened to be a big listener ahead of time. And we don't know that. He's never confirmed whether or not he was a listener of 610 Sports Radio. After sentencing, maybe he'll be open to interviews. He's going to be someone that's behind bars that'll be more than willing, I'm sure, to talk. Now, we already know he tried to get money from the New York Times uh, eight months ago or whatever it was to do an interview, right? That was the report. So I don't know if it's going to be uh, – he might be looking for some paid opportunities. Paid? Might Can have to build up the show. for that but after it, you've pled guilty? Absolutely. I mean, I don't, do I know 100% no, but I'm like 70% sure yes. Can can you do that? Someone says you can write robberies is insane. That's a lot. There's no doubt about it. People write books behind bars. What's any difference? I just didn't know. I didn't know if you're allowed to profit off of your, like in some cases, right? They don't let you profit off your crime. Like if you that's more murder, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say if you create those like. That's for, that's I mean, it's for, armed yeah. robbery. It's sure, not, no, they didn't shoplift. He's not writing a book I, about. I hear you. You know. He wasn't around like uh, floating checks in the 90s. I mean, he didn't, you know, I got he committed you. armed robbery yeah, multiple well, that's, times. Yeah, you know, someone at one point was like, there's not any victims. Well, there absolutely are. There's long-term impact to those that had a gun pointed in their face, uh, real or not, uh, while working as a bank teller. In retrospect, now that it, it appears to be coming to a close, what was your favorite part of the whole story? Was it when he escaped? Was it the initial thought? Was it when you, you know, like... Well, I don't, we, I don't think this is his final drive, right? That's what his attorney said. <laughs> his final drive. <laughs> was that what his, now that this story Lord. seems to be wrapping up, what was your favorite moment of the Chiefsaholic saga, you know? Are you looking for his lawyer's comments? Yeah, if you want to find it, yeah. Oh, I can play those. Um, it, was a, it was a moment in which this is what the last thing we thought was going to happen. This is not Chiefsaholic's last drive. Yeah, there you go, last drive. And he believes, and we believe, that when the final whistle blows and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom. He's going to redeemed in the eyes of the Do you think Chiefs he likes kingdom. the stadium renovations? <laughs> you think he likes those? <laughs> Question one. Hey, man, what do you think about the stadium renovations? You know what? Stays true to the original Arrowhead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak for him. Chiefs of Halleck, pro stadium. Yeah. I, the fact that he pled guilty 
probably so he doesn't get up to the 50 years, uh, actually get 50 years. What's your guess? 22. Oh, maybe that's how we can play this. You guys want to do like how oh, people gosh. guess like the birth date and you get a, you get to oh, guess geez. the number of years Chiefs of Holic gets, get a prize? I don't know if I feel good about doing I'm that. I'm not giving away a prize for it, oh, but just God, to, for like bragging so rights. So you don't feel you good know. about that. I don't feel good about making it a contest. Uh, if uh, I'm just asking you the question. You said 22. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 15 to 17 years behind bars. 15 to 17 long years. freaking time. 11 robberies. 23. Someone says you can't make. I don't know if this is true. Someone Books says it to the prisoners make. themselves, but maybe there's a family member or something. I don't yeah. know. You can wrap the money. Somewhere. Also, would he come on this show for you know, a certain amount in his commissary, perhaps? <laughs> Someone says they did what? federal prison time for similar crimes. He won't do anywhere near 50. They think they're going to get 15 at most, more, probably more around 10. Yeah, okay. I don't know how that works. We all know he's not getting 50, but I have, I have no idea. 22 is my guess. How the uh, sentencing works. I parole in 10. I would assume good behavior for a crime like that is... Uh, is a possibility you know it's not like your behavior no no early Again, he's release serving <laughs> okay well, no, saying, no, yeah, no, maybe no, he behaves once he gets there maybe he's reformed like, you don't yeah, believe like, in the there, prison system is there an opportunity for earlier release than what you're than what he's sentenced someone to, says his I sentence guess. should just be until mahomes retires he has to miss the entire mahomes Jeez. career behind bars and then we we learn though from the he's free little espn 30 for 30 type thing they did that he listens to 106.5 the wolf on, a, on an old radio in his jail cell can't get AM in there, huh? I'm sure you can. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sure you can. Can't get AM. If you're listening, in man, we'd like to have you on. I want to hear the real. St- I want to hear the whole story. Not the real story. We know the real story. I want to hear the whole story. But guilty. He's not going to ask for any money. He's going to ask for you to get his painting back. I can't. Well, that painting's that. long gone. Uh, that's, that's what he'll ask for. That's I'm the, just shocked. The painting, like, where's the painting been this whole time? Is that actually an evidence, or does somebody else I have know. it? I guess a family member had been holding on to it. I mean, they, it was a lot of money on that. It was $500,000 and had to give the painting back, so I don't think his life's getting easier. Yeah, the 500 grand's going to be tough to pay back while you're behind bars. just turns out it yeah. might be a little challenging. Cody. I don't think so. Up next, we'll get to what's trending back into the stadium conversation. What we heard from Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan about this $800 million renovation project. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Number one on what's trending, and we'll dive into this a little bit more. You'll hear from Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan in just a couple of minutes, is that the Chiefs announced their plans for what they would like a renovation to look like at an arrowhead. The price tag, $800 million, $300 million of which the Hunt family has said they're willing to commit to, plus cost overruns. That means there's $500 million gap that has to be uh, contributed from the state or the city. Remember the 
three-eighths cent sales tax extension is just for uh, $350 million to the Chiefs. That would go f- mainly for the uh, upkeep uh, of, of Arrowhead. There is still money that would they believe they would have secured from the state. But uh, we'll talk about the renovation plans, what it had, what it didn't have, and what your thoughts are on that. Uh, and why are they doing an, a renovation instead of a new stadium? It's a big question we've gotten over and over. Uh, you'll hear Mark Donovan's answer to that in just a minute. Next up on What's Trending and what might be described as the biggest advancement in modern medicine history, Kyle Filipowski will play tonight for the Duke Blue Devils after suffering wow. what the catastrophic ankle injury oh, that man. had the entire sports world ready to arrest every 20-year-old that existed on the planet. Look, obviously, I'm being sarcastic. He's going to play. He's not even going to miss a game. So for all the Jay Billis of the world that were like, arrest all them kids for storming a court. Turns out everyone's fine. He's going to play tonight. Everything's okay. Yes, work on your safety measures to get the players off the court. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it didn't matter. That's all. It just it didn't matter. Glad he's all right. Yeah, glad I'm glad. He's glad, like, I mean, I want to be clearly, you're like, you're joking, but also, like, I'm glad he's not out for multiple games. Well, yes, that would be. I don't want somebody <laughs> to get hurt. Um, but the overreaction from Jay Billis suggesting to arrest students is absurd. Next up on what's trending, Marquez Valdez Scantling expected to be cut, according to Jeremy Fowler. The Chiefs will do that. They'll save twelve million dollars. They'll still have. $2 million in dead cap. This was the expectation, but now that we get closer to the start of the league year, you'll start to hear more stories. Uh, the next question, I think, will be, do they cut Kadarius Tony? We shall see. But one wide receiver for sure is getting cut, and it's going to be MVS. And as we talked earlier in the show, with what he did in the Super Bowl in the postseason, at least the, the memory and the Send legacy of him nice. is much different. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a nicer way to end the legacy. And honestly... His last moment on a football field for the Chiefs ends up being a pretty cool one. He plants the flag at Allegiant. Next up on Watch Training, Kansas coach Lance Leipold gets yet another raise. He's going to go up to $7 million per year. This is according to Travis Goff. They're saying it's Travis Goff's plan to just be more competitive from athletic salaries in general. They want to pay assistants more, the head coach more, and everyone across the board as they work on this new Memorial Stadium renovation. They're trying not to get priced out by the... Honestly, let's just face it. The football programs have been way better at taking care of their people than Kansas had been to this point. But this is also because Lance Leipold's name has been mentioned 10 times out of the last 12 college football openings, including maybe five straight. This previous offseason, they're going to have to pay. They had to pay him more because they want to keep him. Yeah, he's now top 20 highest paid coach average salary in college football and all of college football, top three in the Big 12. And, it, you know, the buyout is still not like a number that's crazy. If the right program, the big enough program, it wouldn't probably deter them. But he wants to see commitment from the from the athletic department. And that's what they continue to show him. The renovation being a huge part of that. We know that's why they're going to play four games at Arrowhead. And they're going to play two out at Children's Mercy Park this upcoming college football season. Thinking of college athletics, college hoops. Last night, KU lost at home to BYU. They blew a second-half lead, an ugly loss for them, and BYU has cemented themselves a nice spot in the NCAA tournament. A rare home loss for Bill Self, especially while leading in the second half. MU tonight in action at 5.30 against the Florida Gators. Hadn't he won like 75 consecutive games going into halftime with the lead at Allen Fieldhouse or it something? Was something it it's been 10 plus number. years or something. I, I thought it had been 10. I think it was years. 10 years. There was a couple stats like that. I, I don't have the exact one in front of me. There were a few stats like that out there. It's an incredibly mediocre Kansas team, to put it mildly. But also, they've only got five good players, and one of those five is hurt. The question is, will Kevin McCuller play for this team again this year? Himself is trying to set the bar very low on that. Yeah, he is. (laughs) That's what's trending.
here on Cody and Gold. All right, let's get back to the stadium renovation and project. We all are well aware April 2nd, big day in Jackson County, election day, question one, yes or no, yes, extends the 3-8 cent sales tax extension and keeps the Chiefs and Royals in Kansas City. No, of course, jeopardizes all of that. Uh, and it was pretty clear from, from Clark Hunt earlier today uh, that they, as an ownership group, are not prepared to cover the cost if the public money is not there. And so that's where if a no vote happens, you would everything would be on the table. You'd be talking about potentially Kansas being involved. Remember, the lease isn't up till 2031, but these aren't they don't wait till the year before the lease is up no. to start doing projects. Um, and why are they renovating versus a new stadium? It's a question you and I have brought up for the last year and a half, at least on the show. You and I both preferred a new stadium because committing and now we know the dollar amount, $800 million to a 50-plus-year-old stadium has its limitations, especially when it's sure. a 25-year lease. Um, but this is what Mark Donovan, Chiefs team president, had to say on why they decided renovation path versus a brand-new stadium. You know, when you're in those stadiums and you're talking about, should we build a new stadium, should we renovate Arrowhead, it's very easy to get jealous. And the jealousy comes from, could we actually do this? Can we do it in a new building? Can we do it at Arrowhead? One of the things that has me most excited about this entire project is that you sit on that field level of Allegiant Stadium and you look at that amazing end zone suite that they have and you say, wow, too bad we can't do that. We found a way to do that. And not only are we bringing the best of the newest buildings in the NFL, we're putting it inside the iconic Arrowhead Stadium. So as Clark said, we're keeping the spirit of this building and everything that makes it special, but we're bringing the very best of the best into the building. And that has us excited about what the next chapter will be. That concept itself will add 10 suites on each end zone. And it'll also add another 1,000-person club behind each end zone. So the number of people who will be impacted by this is significant. So that was their answer for a while. Look, I, I, we've discussed the attachment that the Hutt family has to Arrowhead. I think it's a huge part of this equation, not to mention just the dollar amount in, sure. the, in, in, in the difference. How much more you um, would need. There are limitations when we're talking renovation versus a brand new stadium. And that's why, you know, a lot of people, I would agree, like there's not the wow factor with the renovation based off of renderings. Now, maybe when they're all done, you walk into Arrowhead and you're going to be like, feels and I told you a big thing for me, it sounds weird, but like I wanted the brand new video boards. That's one thing that stands out. Every new stadium I've been to, the video boards are massive and the quality is insane compared to how small the ones are at Arrowhead. And in this renovation, they are going to have the same shape of a video board, but much, much bigger. And obviously the highest resolution at the time that is possible. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, renovations to get it up, closer to where some of the newer that's why it's a renovation and literally is why we call it that and uh, so I you know maybe you're upset that there wasn't a bunch of bars added to the outside of the stadium but I don't, I don't think that was ever part of this plan there the roof was never going to be part of the renovation just wasn't if it's just about it just I guess that's part of what it is I, I obviously want the bars and all that stuff I've I've said that but do you look at all the stuff they're doing and be like whoo 800 mil? Well, I would say build a new stadium. That's like, what I want, but that's not yeah, happening. That, that would be my <laughs> choice, too, as you know. But I like I look at all this stuff, and I'm like, whew, 800 million? Like, part of me is like, wait, are you spending this wisely? But then what I'm realizing is, is that, look at, I, I've thought more about this, and some of the places in where they're putting tons of money, uh, ways to get into the building, like, they've made a huge big deal, like, 
look at this additional parking and these additional parking structures and the VIP entrances that will get you in there and the ride share area that's set up and these three new pedestrian bridges that are getting there. You know why that's how they're spending the money? Because all that stuff works for the new stadium they're going to build 25 years from now. All the money, so much, not all, so much of like some big dollar sign stuff they're working on now works for the next stadium they would hypothetically build, and you and I both think they will, 25 years from now anyway. That's part of why I think it feels a bit underwhelming. Look, there are parts of this I like. I really like the way that they're treating the upper deck for because part of you just be like, if all they were doing is sweets, you'd be like, well, that's lame. But adding the heaters and the canopy and making it 360 at the top, adding more concessions and bathrooms, those are things that will improve my experience at Arrowhead, especially if I'm on the upper level. So there are parts of the functionality that I do like, and I understand this is just like displacing the crossroads business. If you've been a person who have had end zone seats in the second row for the entire time you've been a season ticket holder, you are going to hate the end zone suites because they just took away your spot. They took away your spot and they put it for people who wanted to, uh, you know, have more of a club atmosphere. I don't think it's going to be like the ones we looked at in Vegas, but there's end zone suites. Yeah. And look, I think any renovation, I think most people knew that a chunk of that is going to go to premium seating options. That's just the reality of where they can make more money and more revenue versus other areas. I mean, that was always going to be part of the updates to the suites. It's always kind of like a given uh, with any renovation, with any stadium, ballpark, arena, whatever it may be. And yeah, that is not going to impact the masses. What out of, I guess that's where we should break it down. What's actually impacting the most amount of fans because the, the suites is still a select few that'll actually benefit from that. So what is actually impacting out of a 70,000 seat stadium? What's benefiting 80% of the stadium parking? Uh, the, yeah, the, the, the parking deck, oh, the, parking's back. the, yeah, the parking discussion. Oh boy. Uh, the parking deck, uh, the concert stage, whatever they want to call it, canvas or yeah. canopy area with the artificial turf, kind of a family area that people can do some things there. The walkway is probably a safety thing more than anything else, other than it just looks better than what they currently have. And then if you're in the 300 level, which is you and I, I mean, I, I we've talked I've about this. Level plenty that's where growing up, that was the first place I sat. I mean, my, that's where my parents' season tickets were, 300 level. And there really aren't much, there's not much of an amenity up there, right? But some of the upgrades they're trying to do, you actually will be able to walk a full oval, a full 360 versus go having to go downstairs and go back up. And if it's hot, they'll have this canopy area with, with this overhead fan area and heaters in the wintertime. Things like that are seem small, but those are upgrades that newer stadiums do have for their quote-unquote uh upper level seating, you know, whatever they For every fan, yeah, not for, just for every the fan. suite, which yeah. most people can't afford. Yeah, and like the, so they're it's I guess for me where I'm at is the reason why you asked me to give a grade on it earlier and I said a B minus because it's going into it's a renovation. There's a lot of things I would like to have, but I recognize that they're limited in their own decision to renovate instead of build brand new. I, I the the brand new stadium is absolutely the path I would have preferred, but we've known for a while that was never their path. The only way the Chiefs are building a new stadium within the next 25 years is if the vote failed somehow on April 2nd and they're forced to pursue other options in Kansas or otherwise. But if they're staying in Jackson County in the, the next 25 year time frame, it's this renovation. This it, is their it plan. Was, it was going to be hard for the renovation to wow because think about it in its premise. The overhead shot goal, all it looks like is, look, more parking. Okay, that just straight up, that's like one of the most boring things on the planet. You'd be like, hey, look at my taxes. You're like, pass. That sounds dumb. I don't want to do that. So more parking, more concrete to walk on. You're like, okay, again, 
not interested. Then they're like, look at the new stadium. And you're like, it looks exactly the same. The renovation, like the, the renderings, right? It's still the same football-shaped video board. So it doesn't inherently look different. The it's a ma- it's, it's three times like, bigger. They, it's three sure, times bigger. But a rendering is not going to make me feel that way. Correct. You know? Yeah. And so, so when you're looking at like just the images on the surface, the only thing that fundamentally looks different is inside of a larger parking lot where Kauffman Stadium used to be is a turf field like I'm trying on shoes at Dick's. You know? Like that's the, that's the thing. That's why I think for a lot of people these renovations fell kind of flat. That was the big ticket thing to make it feel like your experience was different and you're like, I mean, fine. I'm glad that it exists, but it doesn't feel like for 800 million. It feels like there should be something that's like, wow. And you come, and again, because it's renovations, you're not wrong that that was <laughs> never going to be the case. But the one I mean, they weren't adding they another level to the top of Arrowhead. It wasn't going to be a 400 level. I mean, I just don't know. Like, there's what, what about this, our idea for an 800 million dollar Patch <laughs> Mahomes animatronic I, statue? I'm not you know? saying that. Like, am I? Which, which one am I more excited for? The brand new ballpark, or the ballpark, or the renovated Arrowhead? Ballpark. Obviously, the ballpark. It's brand new. It's a brand new location. So, of course, the renovation was never going to be the same feeling that I had about Kaufman. But I also just think I don't know expectations versus with what reality. people versus reality of what you had for for a renovation. Can I? Can I ask one question that I, cause I'll be honest, this is going to make me sound like the worst Kansas city. And I guess it turns out because okay. I didn't re- I didn't realize I'll just be, I'm in sports radio a long time now, maybe a decade. I've been in Kansas city my whole life. I didn't realize y'all loved those football shaped scoreboards so much. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were like, I want the football ones versus like, just like a big rectangle. Like anything. I it just I, made it unique. It just I, made them unique. Nobody else had it. That's all it is. I didn't realize. And what I've realized now is it's like, the fountains or crown vision is to come. Cause like crown vision, I do kind of feel that way at Kaufman. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, I didn't realize everyone felt the same way about those. I mean, it's just, an, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't look like Arrowhead <laughs> if they didn't exist. I didn't realize it was as big of a I, thing until like 48 hours. You're ago. accustomed to seeing it. I mean, if all of a sudden they took those away and they were just rectangular, long end zone video boards, but part of the reason why they did that shape too, I think is because the end zones are curved, you know, like most stadiums, yeah, are, they, yeah. they're, they're end zone. We've all seen the stadium. The end zones curved. It's a little bit different. I'm guessing that's why that type of screen works, but their screens are, you know, Kind of crappy compared to what the rest of the league has yeah, had. Smaller. And I'm I am excited to see much bigger video boards when you walk in that basically will like cast a shadow over the whole stadium, if you will. Someone As, said, could you imagine the clientele in the four hundred oh. level? You're proposed <laughs> four hundred level. That's what I was just joking, obviously. Blimps. Like, what did people expect? There wasn't gonna be, you know, a brand new level added to the stadium. As an outsider, as Cody labeled me earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, how about show, that? Uh, I, I just meant you know, new as to someone it. not from KC, maybe yeah. or something. Yeah, that's a nice way to say no, it. No, I, I got what you meant. Uh, I actually kind of think the the whole curved end zone thing and the scoreboard actually is kind of cool because it's unique. Um, I, I do think, and I haven't been to Arrowhead, so I wouldn't know that's exactly. Right. We but still got. Okay, we got to get you out there next year. The the Bengals are playing here. Oh, I will be at that game. They I played promise. there this year, but it was Jake Browning. So, uh, correct. I was not. Choose. I was not going. Well, it could be Jake Browning again. You better <laughs> hope they play early in the season. Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, do they have anything? Like, is there like a, uh, I don't know if there's a Arrowhead, like a Chiefs Hall of Fame there inside. Is, yeah. yeah, there is. I, I, f- I wonder if there's a better way to not necessarily upgrade that, but, but, but celebrate Arrowhead for what it is with the area that Kaufman is going to be, you know, removed from. Is there a way that they could celebrate the Chiefs more or in a better way that would make it feel like a newer experience for fans who 
go there on a game day, I think, whether it be the restaurants and bar or whatever, or just a celebration of the Chiefs and, and all of that. Look, I, I don't think you're alone, but I, I'm guessing their argument is that that upgraded experience is in the parking lot is the concert <laughs> stage, is the yeah. artificial field that will allow fans to to throw the football around with their kids or whatever while they're tailgating, you know, and things like that. For the people and, who don't and, want to build their own and, tailgates. You know, yeah little like the most the smallest type of upgrade you know like they talk about permanent restrooms in the parking lot but honestly that's a nice welcome up it's it's a nice welcome upgrade for the porta potties in some areas like you know i mean it (laughs) sounds silly but like those are we call they are renovations not a brand new stadium i think also what what has been interesting to me to to see some of the reaction to it is for so many times whenever we brought up a brand new stadium we got a lot of pushback because people say, hey, there's nothing wrong with Arrow. We love Arrowhead. So then now today when I see a renovation and people are saying, well, it's not enough change. Which one Which one do you want? Do you want them to, to keep Arrowhead and just upgrade it? Or did you – that's where I'm confused a little bit today with some of the reaction is we've, we've talked so much about how people love the history of Arrowhead and what that means to them. And everybody's got a story about going to Arrowhead as a kid and maybe taking their kids for the first time. And it's and, – and I get it. There's an emotional attachment to the building, 100% with you. I, 100% with you. Of course. But – if that's what you loved about it, and that's why you didn't want a new stadium, then it's weird if some of you today are saying, well, they didn't change it enough. Like, what what, what, what did you want? Well, to, to Cody's point, to me, at least on the face of it, it seems like this is a more fan convenience sort of upgrade than it is. Yeah. We want Arrowhead, because the whole time they were talking, you know, Clark Hunt and, and Mark Donovan were talking about Arrowhead being this historic landmark. Like, I, I feel like as great as it is, there, there might have been a more creative way for people who are not from Kansas or never been to Kansas City before to come and see Arrowhead more than just, yeah, we should go to a game and be there. Is there something else that we can but, do to experience or feel Arrowhead? part of that Arrowhead? is what they admitted, which was yeah. investment in that area from those. Like, a, like let's just say, hey, yeah. we're going to do a little mini bar district full of local restaurants. We're going to have gates and jack stack. We're going to have this little, like, strip mall right or like the container areas that we've had you know like that that exist down by the ferris area whatever like little restaurants and area they straight up i mean not not like they didn't put qualms on it they straight up said it is not worth investing in infrastructure in that area <laughs> so i mean and i don't like, just i mean i do i don't disagree I that mean, area's had, had 50 years yeah they had a long I time i mean that goes back to when we've discussed i mean there's with a downtown ballpark, like people have wondered why they've they, why they can't just build the same hotels there because they've it hasn't happened in fifty years. That area just hasn't just the way yeah. the city has grown, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Uh, that's just not where the city has grown. I do need one source. Does anybody in the city know if they're rebuilding the Denny's though? I think that's gone for good, Cody. What? They're just going to let it die? Is, I think the Denny's is gone for good. It had good, that man. kind of run, and they're I just think, never going to rebuild the I, Denny's? I think the Denny's. What, you want to bring back Coco Key Water Park, too? I mean, I think Kinda, they're all. Yeah. I think, I let's think, get, let's get I, I let's think, do it all, dude. I think they're all gone, man. Nosta- I, oh, so we're nostalgic <laughs> for some things, but not for others, huh? I think Gonna keep football-shaped, oval-shaped <laughs> video boards, but no Grand Slam breakfast before the game. Fine. Yeah. Fine. I guess nothing's sacred in this world. I'm picturing Cody wanting when you pull into the Truman Sports Complex and the renovation that he wanted you to pull up to a car ramp and the car would like be grabbed <laughs> and placed in a parking spot later, like in, in like some uh, some futuristic I God, thing. I will say this: for as much money as they're asking for, and as big a deal as they made about the parking, <laughs> if 2030 me goes to a Chiefs game and it's still a hellish nightmare to leave, I'm gonna be pissed. Well, you know that's still happening. You know that's pissed. they're adding a parking deck and and parking. What do they? What was the phrase they used? Reimagined or something? The direction uh, that the car 
cars are facing or something yeah. like what, that is what convenient. I, I mean, just, they've tried a lot of things. I'm, I'm fully changing the direction that your cars face. That's a whole new. I one. also just think like going to stadiums across from like if you go to a sold out event. You're probably not getting on there in five minutes. I mean, it's just kind of reality. No, but I'd like it to be smoother than Not an hour. Now, okay? Not an hour. I, my guess is that won't, That probably won't change. Text line says, rest in peace, Coco Key. That's right. <laughs> Coco Key Water Resort or whatever. They had like the high-pitched kid talking in the commercial. Anyway, Drew has no idea what I'm talking about. I do not. I'll play you an old commercial sometime. Thanks for hanging out with us. Crazy show today. A lot more to get into tomorrow that we didn't get to today in regards to Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones. The Drive coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.